Everybody and welcome to the fourth episode here of the IamKuhan.com comic book show podcast. Uh, man, really, really should come up with a better name. And honestly, we're just too lazy. At some point, we're going to realize we're like 30 episodes in and this is just the name of the show. Uh, I am, of course, Naim Siddiqui, a.k.a. the titular Kuhan. Joining me, as always, is Nerdcore on Online's Benjamin Castorita, a.k.a. the Marvel Ziggy. How's it going, Ben? The Packers lost... And they got beat the fuck out pretty bad. Oh my god, they were destroyed. Yeah, tonight. like I was. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not like 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 I think I said last time. I'm not a big football fan, but you know, a lot of people who work with me are big football fans and are big Packers fans. And this one girl was working with me uh, at the concession stand today, and she was just so depressed. I think at halftime it was 37 to seven. It was bad. Like. But I mean, the like the thing is, like people were talking about the Packers, and they were on a six, seven game winning streak or eight games at that point. Yeah, they, they were on, but, they were on but, quite the streak. Also, the Falcons were also on a similar streak, but nobody was talking about them. So it's like, right? Either tomorrow was going to be like, so I kind of knew that something like this was going to happen. I didn't expect it to be that bad. It was like, I mean, Ugh. yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Packers are are you know like a bigger like, a a team that people think more about than the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the final score wasn't so bad. Twenty-one to forty-four isn't so bad, but that halftime score thirty—it was—it was. I think. I think the Falcons had scored like thirty points before the Packers even scored a single, yeah, a was, single touchdown. Yeah, kudos to that defense. Is like a, the big question was. Um, I mean, the Packers are a good team. They're that's not the Packers. The Falcons. The Falcons are very, were a very good team. Yes, they have a great, yes, yes. a great offensive core. They have a very good defense. Like it's not, you know, it's nothing to to be ashamed of losing to that team. But mm-hmm. well, um, football season. I, mean, I, I, I don't know much about football, but I know a lot about fantasy football. I actually don't even know a lot about fantasy football. I just know what teams, what players were good for me, and many of them were Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Well, Julio Jones, Devonta Freeman, like those are good players. Matt Ryan, so, Matt Ryan's been Matt up Ryan. Uh, well, yeah. it, football season's over for me. Now it's time to move on to the Royal Rumble, but also comic book news and movie comic trailers. Books. Movie trailers, yes. movie trailers, comic book news. Um, just like every other comic book uh, source, we're gonna talk about things that are just vaguely nerdy. Um, no, there there is indeed a uh, Power Rangers comic book, and uh, it's doing quite well. Uh, I'm behind, but I'm about to catch up probably sometime this week, so I can talk about it soon. I wish uh, I issue kept came out this it. week. Issue eleven came out this week. Um, you should you should catch up. I, I want to. I I stopped reading issue four for financial reasons, and I used to write it for SentaiRangers.com until yeah. just my commitments just to everything else just became too overbearing, so I had to stop. Nerdcore.online nerd stole you from 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 SentaiRangers.com. Pretty by, much with, with the promise of money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, like I didn't. I liked writing about Power Rangers. It's just like I don't like it. It's just you know. I don't know. Maybe will you will you let me? We were paying you zero, yeah. and they were paying you something, yes. and you're like, I'd rather be paid. Yeah. And I was like, you should. Don't write for me. <laughs> maybe 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 when I get like the big the, the when it collects the first year or something I'll do a review on that cuz I would like to cuz I liked what it was doing. I generally liked 
I've, the, I've been the, meaning to get back into writing. I'll probably just start writing reviews of it for, for our site. Um, for, you know, the site that I run that we haven't written anything for in six months. But uh, Oops. But this, um, this, this film... This the, film, this the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers film, comes out in just two months, um, which is which is crazy to think about. I think the production time of this was, was really quick. Yeah, um, it reminds me of uh, God. What 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 movie that was made really really quickly that needed to be done? It reminds me of X Men First Class a little bit, where it's just like they were doing it and like, and it turned out to be a great film. I'm hoping this happens again. Uh, yeah. So this 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 new trailer dropped this week. It gives us our first look at uh, Alpha Five uh, as voiced by Bill Hader um, and uh, and Zordon as portrayed by the incomparable Brian Cranston. Um, and so I watched. This is the second trailer for this movie. I think the first trailer was just a teaser trailer. I think this is the first like proper trailer. Yes. Um, and this looked really good. Am I crazy? Did you did you think this looked good? I, I thought this looked really good. I thought um like, I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but like this actually it looks got me looks promising. I, like I was gonna see this movie anyway, right? Like I I run a Power Rangers site. I'm I love Power Rangers, like I have uh I actually don't think I have anything Power Rangers within arm's reach, but I have you know the original Morpher, I have uh I have a lot of Power Rangers. I I'm, I'm a Power Rangers fan. Um so I was gonna watch this no matter what. I'd work at a movie theater, I was gonna go in. Um, but that first trailer did not, did not excite me. There wasn't, and, any, there wasn't anything power rangey about it. Like it was pretty yeah, much Yeah, but it was, it was just it, like, like the, the cinematography looked uninspired. Like it looked like, it looked like a student film. Like I could have shot it. Um, and the, the, um, you know, it, it was, the trailer was basically like, here's this, this tired old, uh, like we're trying to be an 80s teen movie and then uh, i guess they're edgier um but uh this one looked a lot better uh and and a lot more interesting we saw some of the power Rangers suits in action which i'm not a huge fan still but you know maybe i will be a little bit more i think they look better they look a lot better in motion they definitely look better in motion yeah i mean which is which is uh, i don't even know if the effects were complete in the first you know the first time we saw them you know what i'm saying so um yeah so it, it's it doesn't look it, it it looks the action looks pretty good. Uh what looks like Goldar looks pretty cool. No. Um, I'm sorry. I don't I don't like Goldar. That's the one thing I don't like about this. I don't know. I, I don't even know if that's Goldar, right? It, maybe maybe it's like the I saw wings of, and it's probably Gold, Goldar. It's Goldar. It's pretty he much looks, Goldar. He looks he looks fine. He looks fine. Uh, Alpha the, the original rendering of Alpha looked so stupid. And in motion, again, doesn't look so bad. Looks like, all right, that makes sense as, as what Alpha 5 would be an alien robot. Um, I thought Brian Cranston would be a little bit more uh, obscured. Um, but nope, just straight up Brian Cranston. He yeah. doesn't just looks like Brian Cranston. I thought they would change his voice a little bit, but no, that's just straight up. Yeah. Just straight up Brian Cranston. Yeah. Which is fine, man. He's like, look, it, like you're selling this movie a little bit on BT dubs. Brian Cranston is hot shit right now. So I get it, I understand it. Uh, we we, but um, yeah. I don't know this this. I don't know if this is gonna be a good movie, but it looks like it's gonna be uh, a decent movie, an acceptable movie, a, a, a money making movie that will then spawn some sequels. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It it looked. I thought I thought this trailer looked pretty good. What do you think? I thought it was good. I I he got me actually pumped up seeing them. You know that. 
the with the Kanye West. I'm not a fan of Kanye West's music, but that synchronization of of the power of using power and then fighting the I guess those are putties they're fighting like this movie's versions of putties. Um, yeah. And uh, like I'm not gonna lie, I got chills of how they slightly showed the Megazord of like you only get a glimpse of it. I'm like, okay, that looks pretty cool. Um, uh, I thought it was good and it got me more excited than I thought I would for this movie because I didn't have. Like, I'm not like some of those people out there who are just outright hating this movie because it happened. Um, I actually like that it looks very different to what I remember because I don't know. I don't, um, I don't, I don't simply want a nostalgia trip. I don't want a revisit of the 1995 uh, Power Rangers movie. No. Look, look, the 1993, like the Power Rangers that started in 93, the 95 movie, those were bad. Yeah, they're bad. They're They're bad movies. Like, go back and look at that. It's bad. I did a commentary with Mr. Dragon on the first one without Kuhan because we just said fuck him. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for the invite, bro. (laughs) We'll do Turbo. Whenever we we get back to commentaries, we do Turbo, we'll invite you. We'll do the shittier one. Oh sure, oh sure, yeah, fine, whatever. I um, to be fair, turbos to the turbos are still my favorite sword. Um, uh, but I the one thing here's another thing that bothers me: when they're in the mechs, why do they not have their face mask on? That bothers the shit out of me. It looks like weird. I well, I was just it was just the one shot of that, right? Maybe that was like no, there was in- like you saw the Red Ranger. I'm sorry, Jason, because they are still using the characters. Still same names, yeah, yeah, same Jason names. without it, and you saw Kimberly without it, and it just looks awkward when they're in this like when they're fighting they have the, the face plates on and when yeah. they're but like when they're in the mechs it like that doesn't make it just it well okay so so i mean i i can say two things first thing it's possible that it's just it's just in those shots right like be. just those shots they happen to use happen to be that yeah um second thing i mean well i guess more three things second thing obviously is is you pay these actors it makes sense to show their faces but, right but like nobody, meta, on the meta textual usually thing though is is that uh the the face masks are there to protect their identities. They don't need to protect their identities when, when they're in the cockpit. And that visor would be detrimental to seeing the controls. So it makes more sense. Okay, to so not now have you're putting. Thing. Okay, I'm sorry. The realism argument when you when I just point up, they're flying a giant pterodactyl. I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that it it makes you know like it makes more sense to and but okay. So if we're, ta- if we're talking if we're talking meta. Then you have these actors. Why? Why are you not showing their faces? Uh, it logically, you can if you can show not their faces and then show not their faces. I don't know. Either way, I'm I'm more optimistic about it than what I was. I think I think it's a growing cop optimism. I think Rita Pulsa looks cool. Um, yeah, she looks cool. That's, another, I mean, that's, that's another one of the one of these people who write who who they're trying to sell like this is a legit movie on Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, because she's a legit actress, right? Like Brian Cranston and Elizabeth Banks are the two are the two big people in this movie. Um, neither of them really can sell a movie by themselves, but uh, but uh, Elizabeth Banks is apparently the sixth highest grossing female actor uh, of all time. Wow, that's crazy. What? Yeah. That is that is I did not realize that until just now. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's number one, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, that, it's that like Scarlett Johansson, Cameron Diaz, Helena Bonham Carter, Kate Blanchett. Wait, Helena Bonham Carter, 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 really? She was in a bunch of Harry. It's, 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 oh, that's it's, right, that's right, right. She was in a bunch of Harry Potter movies, and then Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella. You know, like yeah. it's just it's just it's you know it's because none of none of no Elizabeth Banks movie was sold on Elizabeth Banks. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, she was, she's, she's been in a bunch of, I think, I think she might've been the star of what to expect when you're expecting. And that's about it. Like she's been in a bunch of movies that did well, but it's not uh, also Zach and Mary, but it's not like she is the star of those movies. Um, 
but yeah, so so and that's that's why um, Sam Jackson is number one. Like he's not the star of every movie he's in. He's in a lot been of, in, a lot of you know, he was in he was in all the Marvel movies, so he's yeah. number one, right? Like yeah. it's just how it goes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's you know like they're they're selling on on Elizabeth Banks, who is a legit actress, and Brian Cranston, who is a legit actor. Um, and then these kids who are hopefully pretty good. Hopefully. <laughs> like, you know, okay. we don't we don't know much about most of them. Uh, I didn't even know. For, yeah, for, for all I know, all, for all we know, they were just test tube babies who were just grown. Well, so, Becky Becky G is famous. She is a singer and has done acting stuff. Uh, so like she's she's a legit. I'm um, out of touch with youth culture because I'm like, who is this? I had no idea until until she was cast. She's she's a legitimate celebrity. Um, R. J. Seiler was in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Uh, never heard and, of that. It's it was a pretty good movie. I haven't seen it, but I hear good things about it. He's the um, Blue Ranger, right? RG he's Star. the Blue Ranger. Yeah, he's the yeah he's he's Billy, um, but they made Billy black. By the way, and great this. joke right there. Where um the, <laughs> the stupid I'm, joke. I'm black. <laughs> what? Uh, yes, I am. No, you're not. That's a great. That's yeah. a that's no, a great joke. That that was certainly not a good joke. I thought but it was a joke. <laughs> kind of glad it was there. I guess. Um yeah, the girl who plays Kimberly was in some Disney Channel stuff. And she was on Terra Nova. Like she's she's an actress. She's been around. She's not really famous though. This is basically uh, going to be if it's if it's success. This is going to be their breakout hit for all of them. Apparently, the guy who plays Zach is uh, is like lives in China. Oh uh, wow! He, like he's, he's I, is, Chinese is it, Canadian. Lives is, in Beijing. Is it wrong that I kind of wish he was the Red Ranger and not just a typical white guy? Eh, like whatever. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm just saying it would have been nice. You know, um, we've had then, we've uh, had a black we've had a black guy as the Red Ranger before. Dacre Montgomery, who's playing uh, Jason, um, is is Australian. He was not in anything. Like I, he had a short film called Betron the Terrible. A couple of like TV pilots and stuff like that. I watched the short film he was in. He had a very tiny role in it. I, so I guess he just uh, tested well. He's also going to be in Stranger Things season two. So, Ooh. so yeah, I don't know. They, they've they've He's got gonna go a bunch to the of upside like, down. They've got a bunch of unknowns, uh, and and you know upcoming stars. They, yeah, artist artist Siler is a is somebody who was in you know in, in a well regarded indie movie. He's probably going to be a star. Um, he's also in a couple of the Vice Principals on HBO, and he's going to be in a in a Brad Pitt Ben Kingsley movie this year as well. Uh, and then Becky G is a is a celebrity, but everyone else is like, hey, here's these guys who are trying to make a star turn, or who you know who might make a star turn here because they're in their early 20s uh they're younger than uh, us uh you, younger than me younger are than all me. of them younger than they're probably younger than me at least maybe not you they're probably around the same age as you uh naomi scott plays the pink Ranger is only a few months younger than me i think rj Siler might actually be older than me or not he's he's he is younger than me oh my god are they all younger than me oh my old oh god am I old? no no you don't get to pull that card i turned 27 in less than a week and a half so hold on ludy lynn who plays zach is 29 years old. Okay, not not older than me. I feel safe again. Boom. Not younger than you, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> we're okay. We're okay. You remember when your favorite baseball team started hiring kids who were younger than you? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, that's, oh, how, that's how this is wrestling now. Because like they're all like, now they're getting like 21. I'm like, oh my God, that could have been me. If I actually dedicated myself. But whatever, it's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, I think you and I are both tentatively excited for this tentatively excited i yeah i mean i was gonna i'm gonna watch it opening weekend i hope i watch it twice 
I'll, it's in 3D. It's gonna be in 3D. I'll probably, probably, I'll probably watch it twice. I look. I I see movies for free. So. If if it's an I'm I because it's a big gigantic. Oh mech my god! Thing. It's gonna be an IMAX. I hope it's an IMAX. Oh, it's begging I, to be an be IMAX. Dope. It's begging to be I, an IMAX. Giant mech fights. Come on. But uh, Wolver, uh, Logan comes out a couple weeks before it. I don't know if that's gonna be an IMAX. It just depends on what else is. Logan. I don't think Logan be an IMAX. Is that so much more sco- a smaller film? Yeah, but it's an X Men movie. It's not whatever. It's fine. We'll get into it's that not, later. It's, it's not really an X Men movie, but it's an X Men. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I have to see what else is coming out around around uh, mid March. Those but, are those are the two big like I guess tentpole releases. For yeah, music. Beauty and the Beast isn't going to be on it. Kong Skull Island comes out March 10th. Oh, that's that's gonna get that's gonna get that's hammered. Gonna, but but it might get a one week IMAX because like Triple X right now is only an IMAX for a week because next week is uh, Resident Evil and that's going to be an IMAX. Power Rangers comes out. Uh, Power Rangers comes out two weeks before Kong Skull Island, so that's probably going to be a two-week IMAX, and then Power Rangers. So either one, I, I don't think Ghost in the Shell is going to get IMAX. So Power no. Rangers will be an IMAX probably until Fate of the Furious on April fourteenth. So basically, which by the way, unrelated note, I'm super hyped for Fate of the Furious. I love those movies. Look so stupid and so great, and I'm going to see it a million times. I want to see Kong Island, but because I know it's sandwiched between all of those, either that or Ghost in the Shell is probably going to fail pretty hard just because of where it's at. Um, but I yeah. hope Kong Island does well because I like. Also, that. also the Chips movie comes out on March twenty fourth, starring Dax Shepard and Michael Pena, and this sounds awesome. So hype! Wilma Valderrama, Adam Brody. That oh does, my god! That does sound. Oh, awesome. all right. Let's oh move. Let's move on. Vincent D'Onofrio. Sorry, I'm so I'm so hyped about movies this year right now. This is great. March is going to be awesome. Uh, free movies for me! Yay! <laughs> all right. Um, we got more trailers, but this time it's a video game to talk trailers. about. This is a video game trailer. Yes, uh, Ben's excited for Injustice Two, um, Electric Boogaloo. Does this have a subtitle yet? Injustice Two. Uh, t- technically, the story is called "Every Battle Defines You," and I'm not shitting you. That's what it's called. But everybody just be, called- because because the first one was Injustice: Gods Among Us, right? So the yeah. second one, I assume, has to have a subtitle. Oh, that's we- it would be weird if it didn't. It's right now. The subtitle is "Every Battle Defines You." Literally, if you go look at it, that's what the subtitle is. No, that, that, that's the that's the um the slogan like the tagline, not the subtitle, right? Like I just, I keep wanting to say, I keep wanting to say Injustice Two Gods Among Us, but that's not right. I mean, yeah. I, I, either way, it doesn't matter. It'll just be called Injustice Two for short. So yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I we know. got a new. We got. A, I'm going to take the helm on this one if you don't mind. Yes, absolutely. We got a new CGI trailer that sort of shows off one. I have to say, it's beautifully animated. Like it's ridiculous. Um, I kind of want a mini movie out of this, and it basically sort of points out with the story. We get a hint of new characters. Damian Wayne is joining the fray, and yes, it is Damian Wayne, not because you can tell by the hood and the sword. Um, also, we got Poison Ivy looks like to be joining the uh, the roster as well as Bane making his return. And one thing I didn't like, I didn't uh, talk about while I wrote it for Nerdcore. Go check out that blog I wrote about. Um, that we see the word society scroll up. So basically hinting at just a society character showing up, which would be super cool. Um, and yeah, basically hinting. I'm guessing, and basically the villain of it is Brainiac. Uh, he, the Colin? Coluin? I don't know how to pronounce this racist name. Uh, will be the villain. And um, Evil Superman from the last game will make a role. And Batman apparently is going all infinite crisis on us uh, by creating Brother Eye. 
yeah, the it definitely looked really really cool. Uh, like the visual visually, I mean, like yeah, yeah. The, the was this is this in game engine? Like most uh, most no, times, no, that's, that's they, not. I I it's probably not, using not not, not in game footage, but in game engine. It's probably using like right? the yeah the assets and everything, but it's it's not the game's not gonna look like that. Oh no, no obviously not gonna be it's like yeah, not, not gonna be in game footage, but like you know they like they like to say oh we use the game engine to make the trailer right. Like I feel like that that's what most 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 people do these days. More than likely, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Injustice One looked great. Like the the visual, like it, just the game. You know, the game looked really good. So uh, I I can't imagine this one won't. Um, the story, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the story. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I mean, I'll probably play. I'll probably get this. I'll probably play the story mode. The story mode for Injustice One was pretty good. Also, Injustice had possibly the best like tie-in comic book of all time with Injustice God Among Us years one through five by Tom Taylor. Like it's legit good Justice League story stuff. Um, if you want to see what happens before the video game, go read that series. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> we talked a lot about the Power Rangers trailer, not a lot about the Injustice trailer. Um, I'm, <laughs> I, like, uh, let me ask you this: Who, uh, any, out of any Justice Society character? Because we don't, I think, no Society character outside of Doctor Fate's rumored. What's the Justice Society character you want in there? Uh, the Justice Society character that I would want in classic there. OG. Classic OG. Um, classic OG. Oh uh, man, I can't even name Classic OG Justice Society off the top of my head. Uh, Wildcat. You know, I'm surprised you didn't just say Alan Scott, considering you. Yeah, I don't know. Alan Scott is like his power set's the same as any other Green Lantern. Like, well, he can, whatever. He's probably going to be a DLC skin because yeah, that, just a DLC that, skin of Alan Scott. That's, that's nothing. That's what. That's another that's, thing. Okay. That's another thing they announced as well. Is that basically characters like Reverse Flash, Power Girl. And John Stewart Green Lantern, so basically confirming how Jordan for the game will be. The game will launch with nine DLC characters and characters like, like I said, uh, Reverse Flash. They're basically going to be skins, but they're not just going to be skins where like you play as Reverse Flash, but you'll hear Barry Allen's voice. It'll be different animations apparently, and it'll be different voices. So while you select, yeah, well, that's what it was in the previous game, right? No. Um, nope. not, not in, not entirely. Cause there weren't a lot of dual characters. Like the one I can think of was maybe like Oliver Queen where you got, um, the arrow cart, the arrow version. And then you got the, the, the game version. Um, but there really wasn't a lot of like this character becomes this character. There was, there wasn't a John, I think it was a John Stewart skin, but I don't know if it changed that much. Um, oh, Johnny Thunder. Sorry. Johnny Thunder. Johnny Thunder. Johnny Thunder would be cool. Not Joaquin Thunder. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not OG. He's not OG. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, if I could have anybody, I mean, one is Doctor Fate. Like real talk, I would. Doctor Fate. You said he's beside Doctor Fate. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I want Jake Garrick. Well, no, Jake Garrick. Well, they had the Earth. They had the shitty Earth Two version from. Yeah, Nintendo like like yeah. Alan Scott, Jake Garrick would be skins on top of like yeah, Jake Garrick would be cool, sure, but like it's gonna be skins like Black and like, Black Canary is rumored. Um, so that's yeah, not, yeah. So it's kind of I, I think I think I think honestly I think Wildcat would have like an interesting like like fighting style, you mm-hmm. know, like that would be interesting. Spectre could be cool. I would love Spectre, although yeah. I would love Spectre just because he I love that design as a character. Uh, I yeah, can't, I can't think of any of just the society characters. Hawkman. Because Hawk Girl was in I the like line. how you asked the question, you couldn't think of a fucking like. <laughs> I do. On the spot, I and do. then you come back to you like um. I'm look. Well, uh, I'm looking at my 80 plus issue single issue run of Jeff Johns and David Escoyer's Justice Society run right now. Um, Hawk Girl, not Hawk Girl was in the last game, but I would I love Hawk Girl in that last game. She was one of my mains. I want Hawkman. I want fucking um. What's his name? K- K- Carter Hall in his big manliness in this game. Um. Let's see. I can't think of any outside of like the titular one. Obsidian 
and from from the newer Justice Society stuff. No, he's too obscure. He's legit yeah, too obscure. He'd be cool. He'd be cool. He'd be cool, but he's too obscure. He was in. He was in Legends of Tomorrow. Was he? Yeah. Um, I mean, he, 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 he. Yeah. Yes. Keep they, in mind, they, I've they, always... they, they had a Justice Society episode. Citizen Steel, who's who's like a main character in Justice Society, would make sense to put in. Yes, I would like Citizen Steel to be in there. Um, like, and, and that's like, and he could he could look like Nick Zeno. Pretty He'd much. Great. Um, but I think you and I, I think Wildcat, Wildcat would be pretty fun because he's Wildcat. not. G- All right, yeah. Wildcat. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ooh, I did, what? Johnny, Johnny, and Jesse Quick. But the, yeah, yeah, Jesse They're Quick. Just fla- flash skins. More, more, more flash skins. More flash skins. Yeah. Let's just let's just have all the flash skins. Oh, uh, why not get Max Mercury up in there? Why the fuck Max not? Mercury. Yes. Just impulse. Like just do everything. Earth, Earth, like future Wallace West. Yeah, let's get it all. Let's get let's get, let's get the most fucking obscure speedsters. Just kidding. Uh, like that, that's that's the one thing I love about the DC universe. It's you know what? Who should be in this game? That won't be. But I want him in there. Cobalt Blue. No, Elongated Man. Elongated Man would be dope. I want Elongated Man in here. No, I want I want uh, Cobalt Blue, the twin brother of Barry Allen, Malcolm Thawne. Okay, let me ask you this. Since we're dealing with Brainiac, obviously they de- like they travel parallel dimensions. I would love if some we get some Legion of Superhero love in this game in some fashion. Either it's DLC or something. Yeah. Like it, even if it's just the original trio, Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, and God, who the who's the other one? Cosmic Boy. Is it? Is it Cosmic? God, those are such terrible names. No, they're awesome names. Don't you dare disperse the Legion. Um, but let's move on because I think that's this. Yeah, that's 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 now we're just talking about. Uh, all right, so uh, in uh, in the year 2011, I want to say, uh, DC Comics uh, announced they had they had a, a a big a big announcement, a big initiative. Uh, you could even buy posters uh, of DC drawing the line at 2.99. Uh, that that every standard length DC comic book, anything that was a a, a 22 page plus ad, so 30-page comic book, uh, starting in January of 2011, would be $2.99. Well, that was six years ago, and uh, they're no longer trying that line at $2.99. DC announced this week that the monthly titles that they're releasing will be increasing now to $3.99. That... Note, though, however, that most of DC's books, at least a lot of DC books, are bi-weekly. They come out every every other week uh, and not monthly. Because when I first heard this, my first thought was, oh, that's every book. Monthly just means comic book. But no, 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 it is bi-weekly now. Um, they're also going to offer the download code for the digital copies in the affected books. So all the 399 books will also have a free digital copy, which we talked a little bit about uh, a couple weeks ago with Marvel's digital copies. Uh, changing. They changed the way their digital copies work, that they're not giving the digital copies anymore. And so now DC is going to start giving the digital copies. Um, what do you think, Ben? I th- this is my, th- my conspiracy theory. That eventually this is DC starting to wean readers off a little bit off the $2.99 price tag first. And eventually a lot of those books, I think a lot of those, by the end of 2017, I believe... A good chunk, not all, but a good chunk of the books that are bi-weekly will shift from bi-weekly to monthly and go to three ninety nine, and eventually the whole launch is going to be three ninety nine. 
Uh, yeah, maybe that that seems that seems reasonable. I feel like biweekly is an experiment. It's a cool experiment. I like this experiment. Biweekly books are 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 fun. Um, but it definitely seems like something that that they're gonna be like, oh, uh, we changed our mind monthly now because turns out artists can't keep up with the biweekly schedule. Green um, lanterns. What? Green lanterns has <laughs> <laughs> had a big issue with it. Although everyone on Green lanterns has been pretty good. Their problem good. was that we had a we had a fill in issue on Hal Jordan the Glanticore that was Ed Bennis. And man, Ed that, Bennis. It was rough. It was it was it was good for Ed Bennis, but um, in comparison to, to Rafa in Sandoval, comparison to Rafa and and even Ethan Van Sciver, it was like ah oh, man. But it was you know if it, if it was if Ed Bennis had been writing had been drawing every comic book like that, I wouldn't hate Ed Bennis nearly as much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so when DC announced their rebirth last last February uh, 2016, they made like a big deal of 2.99 issues. Was that in February? When they announced it, I don't know if it's, no, 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 I, yeah, no, I, yeah, was, that's, that was a, yeah. almost a year ago, Holy almost shit. a year ago, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're on we're on issue sixteen of some of these books now, um, but uh, yeah, it was a big part of the like the prom- promotion was all like two ninety nine, two ninety nine, two ninety nine. Um, so you know, jumping up to three ninety nine uh, a year later is uh, weird. Uh, All Star Batman, by the way, has been four ninety nine since it launched, uh, writ- uh, which is uh, written by Scott Snyder. Uh, but they are going to be adding the digital download codes. I assume I don't see on this um, on this CBR story that we're that we're reading wh- where the digital downloads are. I assume it's going to just going to be regular Comicsology downloads. I would assume so. Either that or um, the DC app, because I know there's a DC app. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, it is it is interesting to me that that DC is announcing that they're going to start giving out digital copies two weeks after Marvel announced that they're no longer going to be giving the digital copy of the issue. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I We talked a lot about digital copies a couple weeks ago, so I don't think we need to rehash that discussion, but uh, I came out on the side of, I like digital copies. Uh, I think they're great. Yeah, I don't think they're bad, and I think it's, if it's... I'm fine with it being monthly. It's when... it's Marvel does it because they'll do... They won't. They're not, they don't have biweekly, but they'll quote unquote double ship. Um, although they don't do as much as they used to, like say at least two years ago. Yeah. But like it's it, like that's a lot to add three ninety nine for two. I twice. Mean, yeah. So so I guess for someone like you, right, who reads a lot of comic books, yeah. That's like a how lot. many books? How many books would you say you get a week? Don't ask me. Like anywhere between eight to the most I do is twelve, thirteen. Maybe. So yeah. So okay. So 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 eight eight to twelve books. Um, so like at, at two ninety nine, like, uh, like eight, eight, um, eight times four is, is 32. Uh, and that's, you get eight books, like at two ninety nine, you get, you get 10 books for that same price. Uh, and then same thing for 12, 12 times four is, is 48. You get 16 books for that price. So like, that's, you know, so, so if you're spending, if you're spending, say, let's say, um, uh, 40 to 50 bucks a week on comic books, you're getting, you're getting three, like two, two to four fewer books for you, right? Um, for for somebody who is a more casual reader, somebody somebody who's just getting into comic books, picking up an issue is is three ninety nine a big difference from two ninety nine for someone reading one or two issues a week? Well, because you have nothing to compare it to. I don't think it. Is, I don't think it is because you have nothing right. to compare it to. For for you, you know, for you dropping dropping forty to fifty bucks a week on comic books, like if you if you keep the budget the same, you have to cut. Two or three books from jumping from two ninety nine to three ninety nine. 
Pretty much. Um, but I don't read any of DC's. The only monthly book I read from DC is All-Star Batman. And it's already sure, sure, sure. But like when, when that happened in Marvel, for example, right? Like you yeah, had, I, you had I, to drop yeah. books. Yes, I did. Um, you know, cause, because, because you didn't want to change your budget and you're like, okay. And, then, you know, a bit of it was giving you an excuse to drop some books. But, uh, but you had to drop books. Even, you know, you're spending the same amount of money dropping some books. So, you know, I think, I think it, it doesn't really change the barrier to entry much. I think both two ninety nine and three ninety nine are big barriers to entry for new readers, um, because three dollars for you know for a thirty page issue like I can spend uh, I can spend less than that and buy an episode of a TV show and get probably more time of entertainment out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a twenty two minute show or forty four minute show I can get for two two bucks, and as opposed to maybe maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes I'll, I'll read a comic book in. Um, so. On on one hand, I feel like I, I, two ninety nine or three ninety nine isn't a huge jump. They're both too big of barriers. It's when you go so from, all it's doing, yeah. Well, well I, I feel like all it's really doing is disincentivizing longtime readers from reading books that they they might have been on the bubble about. Like like you, you as a longtime reader were on the bubble on certain books when they jumped to three ninety nine. You were like, all right, well, I can't read this anymore because I, I can't afford I, to. I dropped all Bat, uh, Scott Snyder's Batman run because it jumped. For, it was one of the first books in the New Fifty Two yeah. to jump from two ninety nine to three ninety nine. I was like, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. So you know, and and I, I maybe maybe it normalizes. Maybe you you know you dropped. Maybe maybe if if if. Tw- 20% of people drop that book because it jumped to $3.99. They still make that back because they did a 33% price increase. Um, but, you know, it's... it's. I feel, I feel like all it really does is is punish longtime readers. I don't know. I mean, maybe they make more money with it. I don't, I don't know the book behind it. I don't know. But, uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like, especially dig- digital comics being, being that much money is crazy to me. Like, that's, that's baffling. Also, I feel like the paper doesn't. No, there's no way the paper costs that much money, and I feel like comic book writers aren't making that much money. Where's it all going? Like, maybe someone needs to come in and like. It's and like, funding the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There you go. No, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is funding itself with their billion dollar revenues. They like. I feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe hey man, is funding hey Marvel man. comic books. They Some, need to find, somebody needs to come in and look at the finances of Marvel and DC somebody, Comics. Somebody is paying for Robert and Jr.'s morning coffee. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm paying when I buy six tickets to Captain America: Civil War. Fucking like, I think I saw. I think I bought four tickets to that movie. Like, that's that's who's paying for Robert Downey morning coffee. Um, I don't know. I feel like someone needs to take a look, take a look at the DC and Marvel books because I feel like the comic book creators are underpaid, and uh, and that's we're why paying everybody's too much. going to Image. That's why everyone's going to Image. It's, it's just it's just weird. Like it's weird that. That that creators aren't paid as much as they could be, and we are paying so much money. Where's all that money going? Who's, who's, I feel like we should do some investigative journalism and find out what the for the finances are going. It's just Disney. Um, did Disney Disney and Warner Brothers are funding their entire operation? Disney Disney World is funded off of Marvel comic books. Pretty much. All right. Let's uh, uh, move on, of course, to the comic book reviews. We did read comic books this week. We didn't just talk about them. Um, and, uh, and we didn't spend week... an hour talking about Power Rangers and edited it down to a nice 15-minute segment. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Was it a whole, not a whole hour? 
No, I'm just uh, joking. You, I could make full of my editing skills, but whatever. You had to ruin the illusion. No, it was only like a half hour. You cut down to 15 minutes. Okay, there we um, go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, of course, uh, this week, uh, Ben, you read uh, a bunch of indie comic books like Aquaman number 15. Yes, uh, this is without a doubt possibly my favorite book of the new, not new 52, shit, <laughs> um, uh, Rebirth, uh, because this is Aquaman as the King of Atlantis, and current this current, this is the finale of the Deloge arc, where this is like the begin, the end of like the first act of Dan Abbott's epic run on Aquaman, because I would call it an epic run. You have Atlantis and, Amer- and the United States of America at war with each other. Uh, because of a third party known as Nemo, which has been taken over by Black Manta, who has basically beat the shit out of at the beginning of the first issue by Aquaman, basically telling him, you need to find a better purpose. So he found a better purpose in destroying Atlantis. Um, so you have political intrigue. You have, like, that ever... Like, even if you... Like, I would say this run of Aquaman is a very damn good introduction of who Aquaman is as a character, if you want to get into the movie, which is coming out a year from now, supposedly. Uh... Uh, like you get to, you get his social status as the king, his relationship with Mara, his very very like that Joker esque relationship with with Black Manta, and that their soap their their rivalry is beyond just fighting each other. It's personal. Um, I guess it'd be more like Flash and Reverse Flash. I guess that'd be a better comparison. Um, but it was just a brutal fight between Black Manta and um, and, and and Aquaman, and it ends. Basically, with uh, Aquaman uh, coming up to, and actually, and it's him, President Barack Obama, um, you know, saying, you know, I'm meeting the enemy, uh, like, because, I mean, Atlantis and the United States are at war. And, like, Arthur acts like a regal king, like, you will call me your majesty. I, I am the king of, of the sovereign nation. You sent a, uh, they sent a marine, elite marine commando unit to assassinate Arthur Curry, which is like that's that's grounds for war to continue the war. There was no re- there's no reason for him. And basically, Arthur basically pulls the bigger move in that he has Atlantis surrender. Um, ultimately, um, yeah, it's been a great epic story. The art was really good, except for this one panel where Superman looks like he's awkwardly smiling and Aquaman's awkwardly smiling, which I'm just noticing right now. Um, you know, it's it's been great. It's been really, really, really great. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about Aquaman. It's been similar to when Jeff John started the book in 2011. It was just a solid, very good run. This is also continuing up, but I think it's better than what Jeff Johns was doing in 2011. Uh, real quick, uh, are they going to introduce... I feel like they're going to introduce a character in Aquaman that looks kind of like Jason Momoa, but like isn't Aquaman, but like is like a good guy that Aquaman like I don't know it feels weird to not like that seems like a comic book thing to do in this in this day and age that's what Marvel does DC doesn't really I mean the closest they ever did was make when when Reed, Jim Lee redesigned the costumes in 2011 but, but DC DC doesn't have like the same you know like they haven't they haven't been doing the movie stuff quite as long I mean obviously they've been doing the movie stuff but you know they haven't been doing like this I don't think DCEU DC will... stuff well, yeah, but they did. Man of Steel, like, what kind of time? Didn't, didn't Zod come back around the time Man of Steel? No, Zod was, de- Zod was dead by that point. Was he? I don't know. Yeah, because it was in War of the Superman, and that was like 2009, and he was dead. Um, 
I don't know. I don't no, know. they brought no. They brought. They may have brought him back. Like yeah, I think, they, I think they. I think they brought him back in the new Fifty Two around. Yeah, the time but that, the movie came out. That, that's introducing a character. It's not like they're fundamentally changing how a character act. No, no, of course, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not fundamentally changing. I'm. I'm just saying like like having something. You know, like this ties in. Oh, you saw General Zod in the Man of Steel movie. Come see him in the comic books. Of or course. just come read a very good Aquaman story because that's all. No, you no, really no, need. no. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It like it seems like a thing to do to be like. Oh, here's this dude who. Also looks like Jason Momoa because obviously Aquaman, Poly- Aquaman Poly- looks nothing like Jason Momoa, right? Uh, like, Poly- it's just... yeah, exactly. Uh, you mean Polynesian? Uh, y- yeah. Is Jason Momoa Polynesian? He's some, no, he's some. I think he's Samoan actually. Samoa, Samoa's Polynesia, but um, I don't know. He's I'm, he's he is is he native Hawaiian? I don't know. Uh, he's, he's his his father's native Hawaiian, so he's native Hawaiian. Okay, okay. cool. Yeah, so it's like. I'm pr- I wouldn't be against that, but I'm just like, hey, Aquaman fans, all you all you women who have the hostage Jason Momoa, just come read this beautiful Aquaman comic book. Right, yeah, but it's just it's just you know I don't know. Uh, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud a little. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to my book. Oh, right, I forgot. I read comic books this week. Uh, I read this week Spider Gwen number sixteen. Uh, so we talked a little bit last last time about uh, Spider Gwen because she appeared in Spider Man number twelve. I want to say was the issue number uh, or something like that. Um, and this is a, actually a follow up to that issue. So this, so I guess it's a it's a crossover between the two books with uh, with Spider Man uh, Miles Morales hanging out with uh, with Spider Woman Gwen Stacy uh, on Earth sixty five because because he's trying to follow his dad there. Um, this book confused me <laughs> quite a bit. Um, <laughs> talk a little bit again about how I'm I'm a proponent of being able to jump into any title and understanding what's going on. Um, I don't quite blame this book for me not understanding what's going on because it, it Spider Gwen is a is a very different universe than the one I'm used to. Uh, if I don't understand what's going on in a six one six book or in a DC main universe book, there's a problem. If I don't understand what's going on on Earth-65, alright, that's kind of on me. I should have been reading the other 15 issues of this book. No, Fine. that's not on you. You should no, no, be no. able to... It's, no. it's not totally on me, it's not totally on me, but there's like, there's like some weird weird thing about her power set uh, that, that you don't really get if you don't, if you don't read the, uh, you know, if you don't know what's going on. Some stuff they explain, so like, so, um, you know, Miles mentions that Peter is Spider-Man in his universe, and he asks Gwen and Turns out Peter's the lizard in this universe. Uh, Matt Murdock is the kingpin in this universe, um, but doesn't have the like he he's blind, but I don't think has the powers. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's some some you know some some stuff, and there's some stuff that's like storyline stuff that I don't know, uh, which which is also fine. But apparently she has something with like power ups, which I don't know anything about. Like there's something about about her powers where like she has to use spider power-ups to to use something i i do not know um what's going on there there's also something going on with silk but not like cindy moon silk it's cindy moon who owns who runs a corporation You're confusing called me s-i-l-k an organization man I was pretty confused. I was pretty confused by the Spider Gwen stuff in this issue because there's some stuff, and it, like again, I, it kind of makes sense for me to be confused because this is not a book that I've been reading, and so there's like all this stuff that I have no idea what's going on. Um, so yeah, so you know, I I I, I don't uh, 
I was, I was pretty, I was pretty, pretty confused. Pretty confused uh, by the Spider Gwen stuff in this book. Uh, at the end of it, uh, Miles, Miles' dad is like, "You seem too scrawny to be a man," because that's when Miles' dad shows back up. I don't know if it's actually Miles' dad or just Jefferson Davis of this universe, the the president uh, of the Confederacy. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll see what happens with uh, with this. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, is this written by uh, Jason Latour with art by Robbie Rodriguez? And uh, it looked cool, and it seemed interesting. I might go back and read the previous issues of this book. Probably won't. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I'd been reading since issue one, I'd be much less confused. Because there's just like, you know, there's some things. Like, if you're reading a Spider-Man book, you know Spider-Man's powers. If you don't know Spider-Man's powers, it's, it's a little odd. Um, you don't read a book where you don't know the character at all, right? Like, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's uncommon to pick up a book where you know nothing about the character. Well... Like, like, no, no, it's, un- it's uncommon to pick up issue 16 of a book where you know nothing about the character. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I've, I mean, I did that with the Legion of Superheroes. Right, but I'm, I'm just saying it's uncommon. Uncommon. So I, I, don't, I don't feel like it's totally out of place for this book to be like, oh, here's all this stuff you should know about, about Spider-Gwen that you don't know. Although I feel like if you're crossing over with Spider-Man and, you're, and I have to read this book to, ne- to know some things that are going on with Spider-Man, maybe they should do a better job of explaining to me what how Spider-Gwen's powers work and why they're different and why, yeah. So maybe I should have been a little less confused. I think I probably should have been a little less confused, especially because it's a crossover with a, with a, more, with a more popular book. But, uh, but for the most part, I thought I was all right. Cool. Uh, ben, you read Motor Girl number three. Yes, this is uh, Terry you, Moore's... You've been weighing the cars these last weeks. Yeah, well, this is Terry Moore's, uh, if you don't know who Terry Moore is, he's possibly one of the last true indie, I'm going to put it my hipster glasses, uh, he's one of the last true indie creators in that he writes, draws, inks, and he, and he distributes his own comic book. Uh, and I've been a fan of his since about 2008 when the podcast called I Fanboy, you've probably heard of them uh, if you're listening to this, introduced me to Changes in Paradise, which I then read Echo, and of course the one he just finished up last year, or two years or, I want to say, please God tell me it was only last year, I think it was only last year um, uh, Rachel Rising and so this it was, is his, it was indeed last year oh thank goodness, thank goodness uh, this is his new series, Motor Girl, starring this new character, whose name I have yet, from, whose name I don't really know all that well, um, which is considering she's the main character um, basically the consent is that this, uh, she is a Iraqi, uh, PTSD, uh, she was a POW and she has PTSD and she has a, if you see on the cover, she has a giant gorilla that's always around her and it's in this real video in the first issue that it's all, uh, the gorilla's inside her head. She's basically, I guess it's her conscious coming out and talking to her. Um, but like that's how she's coping with her PTSD. So in this issue, she goes to a doctor to basically sort of do a checkup on it, and she's very reluctant. She's very cold, um, you know. Um, but she's also very, very funny. Meanwhile, you have this other plot of these federal government guys who are trying to buy up the land. You have these goofy federal agents who are trying to get this old woman Libby to sell the land, and there's like a lot of great comedicness. Like this reminded me a lot of. Strangers in Paradise in the sense that you had your serious stuff. Because uh, Rachel Rising was just all serious. There was like some smart mouth humor with a certain character. Uh, but pretty much this is all like 
Terry Moore sass. In fact, the gorilla and um, uh, and and the main character, she they both get in an argument over Charlie Parker and of his genius, and they both praise Miles Davis for his wonderfulness. Uh, the old woman Libby Aunt Libby uh, is hilarious. There's a great hilarious sort of skit where basically she is. Uh, these two federal agents are trying to kidnap her so she can they hold her as ransom. Punches that she punches the shit out of him, and they like he does not react, and like says, "I don't know, she had a hammer or something. It was really, really hard. I don't know, my nose is broken." Um, just goofy shenanigans. But then it like turns the dial again when, uh, she has a she has a headache, um, and she just can't cope with anything. Obviously, the you know the the trauma probably from when she was in an Iraqi prison, and uh, sort of. You know, just dealing with that and just trying to just hide from everything. Uh, but so one of the other things is that there's aliens in this book, like really goofy. Like, um, what was the alien from Flintstones? God, what was his name? The Great Gazoo. Yeah, basically looking like that, like Tex Avery sort of looking aliens. And you're thinking, oh, they're also in her head. But this issue, the you see the alien UFO. It's like a classic 1950s UFO take away one of the federal agents. So I was like, wait, what's going on here? So it's, it's, a, it's, it's, if you've read Terry Moore, you'll know what you're going to getting. I recommend if you've never read Terry Moore, this is possibly the most successful since Stranger in Paradise is like a lot of comics to read now at this point. It's like over 90 issues worth of stuff, but start with this one, start with Motor Girl. In fact, just start with issue three. Just jump here. You get the relationship dynamic down. I would say just you go back, find issue one, but yeah, Motor Girl. Uh, and this is this might I think Terry Moore said that this is might be one of his last, or it's definitely going to be shorter than Stranger Paradise than Stranger Paradise than Rachel Rising was because Rachel Rising was Rachel Rising did not sell well enough for him at all, which is so terrible to me because I bought every issue and it was just like you sick fucks with obsessed with your Marvel and DC events, you should you don't recognize a good comic if it hits you in the face. I'm done. Uh, by the way, you said uh, you said Hanna Barbera. So you, you said Tex Avery when you make Hanna Barbera. Okay. Well, Hanna, Tex, Hanna, Tex, 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 Tex Avery apparently did work briefly for Hanna Barbera. Okay. But, well, column A, column B. But but I just it's just, it's semantics. It's a great kazoo with Hanna Barbera. Tex Avery was like was anyway. Semantics, um, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Uh, I read some more comic books and. Uh, this week, speaking of speaking of somebody who uh, writes and draws and does everything, uh, I read Trinity number five, uh, uh, story by Francis Manipal, script by Francis Manipal, uh, pencils by Francis Manipal, inks by Francis Manipal, and colors by Francis Manipal. Ex- excuse me, but does he publish his own book? I don't think so. Uh, no, he doesn't. No, he works for DC Comic Books. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I, I okay. I have to say it. Uh, I. I love my indie books, but I still love my superhero books. Don't hate me. You can love both. Surprisingly, you can love both. You can love both. There's no problem with loving both. No one's gonna. Why would anybody hate you? Just, you be, do, no. Do people you, hate that? No. Oh, you, people you, are the worst. I've I've met people who are like, why are you reading that? Because I like it. Don't you read Marvel? Yeah, I I can. Am I am I like apparently there's some people I can only read Marvel comics. I'm like, no, fuck that. I hate comic books. This is the worst. Um. <laughs> Except for you, if you're listening, you're the best. Uh, by the way, he didn't letter this. This is the only thing. The only thing he didn't do. Ter- Terry Moore letters his comic books. Does he really? Yeah. Well, he does everything. 
I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he has a buddy letter his books for him. I don't know. Pr- don't ruin the illusion for me, okay? <laughs> uh, Steve, Steve wants the letters on this. Um, all right. So if you've ever uh, met me or heard me talk about comic books uh, ever, uh, Francis Manipal is the best uh, at comic books. All right. Uh, the next is no, no. He draws very pretty pictures. He draws very pretty pictures. Uh, yeah, Francis Manipal is my favorite comic book artist working right now. Uh, maybe my favorite comic book artist of all time. There's definitely comic book artists who I'd say is more influential. Possibly even comic book artists who are better. Jack Kirby was was amazing. Frank um, Miller. Frank Miller. Uh, he has done very amazing work. Some of which I didn't like as I didn't appreciate um, when I first read it, but. Um, uh, and and those those are both those are both very great writer artists. There's also very good non writer artists, um, who, uh, some of whom I can't think of off the top of my head, but but you know are are very very good and and have done very classic work. Um, but uh, Francis Manipal's art is my. You're thinking favorite of John thing. Byrne. You're thinking of John Byrne. That's who you're thinking. Of. John Byrne is somebody who did great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's many many great comic book artists uh, of all time. But uh, but my my favorite is Francis Manipal. Um, to the to, down to the fact that I watched his uh, failed Canadian History Channel show, um, Beast Legends. I think was the name. Uh, I think I watched every episode. I might have missed one. There might have been one I couldn't find. Um, it was yeah. So it was Canadian History Channel. Nice. All right. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So this is this is written drawn colored by Francis Manipal, and it's it's so good. It's so good. Was it you who I was talking about, about Man- Manipal, and you were saying uh, he should just be writing graphic novels? Yeah, he should, to me, he should be off the monthlies and just doing graphic novels. Just doing graphic reason. novels? Like, I, once every, either once a year or once every two years. God, but... He's but, too good to be on monthlies. But the opportunity to get him a couple of times, you know, like, the opportunity to get, you know, six issues a year... As opposed to one big thing a year, it's just it's just too good to pass up. So that's this, how, I mean that's how I do with Frank Quietly pages. I understand. I understand. Frank Quietly, by the way, also a very good artist. One of the best. Um, non non writer artist. Uh, yes, one of the best. Um, you know, wonder, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, so this this has been continuing the storyline of Trinity, uh, where in this book, Poison Ivy kidnaps. Uh, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, and Diana Prince. Not Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. She kidnaps Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, Diana Prince. Um, to, because, and she, she puts them in some Black Mercy plant, which then allows sort of them to see some stuff in their dreams. And turns out sort of the villain of this is not, in fact, Poison Ivy, but Mongol. Mongol has been sort of controlling uh, Poison He's he's been. Oh, uh, he's um he's doing a, a a spin on the whatever um for the man who has everything story that Alan Moore did in the eighties. I think so. Yeah. Have you I, not I, read that story, aka one of the best Superman stories of all time? No. All right, I'm gonna do Iggy's graphic novel corner on that. On that, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of a spin on that, as far as I can tell from from the quick Wikipedia page. Um. Oh yeah, no hella hella totally that. Uh, it's a great spin on it, though. It's very good. Um, but uh, yeah, he he's by the way, uh, Manipal has written every issue of this of this uh book so far. Has not drawn every issue. I think issues three and four were drawn by by other artists. I'm not sure about two, but one one and five were are for sure drawn by by Francis. All the art by Francis. And um, yeah, so so it's Mongol 
Uh, Mongo is, is, is now using the Black Mercy. Is, is, has, has, has tricked Poison Ivy into using the Black Mercy on, uh, on Batman Superman Wonder Woman uh, because, because he wants to use it to, uh, to make his dreams a reality. Uh, and she wants to use it to make... Uh, she had like a kid or something in, in her Black Mercy dream. Um, it's a it's a really really cool. I mean, it's, it's a very interesting sort of storyline. Um, it's a, ve- a very very like I mean, great art obviously, but it, like some of the visual stuff that Manipal does is really cool. So, for example, it, with the Black Mercy plant, uh, uh, Mongol was able to like kill Superman uh, many 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 times over. And there's like there's this there's this really cool panel of Mongol sitting on like a throne of Superman corpses. But it's like different eras of Superman drawn in different styles. So you have like uh, a Fleischer Superman. You have like a uh, a '90s like black suit mullet Superman. You have animated series Superman, um, and and they're all drawn in that style, colored in that style too. And like it's super like, and but it all fits together. Uh, you have Kingdom Come Superman, like it's and it's it's just it's Mongol, and then Mongol in this has a kid. Uh, his his um the the Black Mercy, uh, in his dream, also created him a kid who also wants to kill all the all the um, the Supermans, super Supermans, uh, and so you sort of revealed that that sort of throughout this this storyline uh, in these dreams, the um, the Black Mercy has shown Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, sort of like what you know has has shown them a dream of of, of something they desired. And uh, and so it's it's now at the end of the issue able to speak through Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, um, because um, and and or through through Superman particularly, uh, and uh, and tell Poison Ivy that that her dreams have been fulfilled, um, but I think it's still uh, on the level. It's it's Mongol trying to um, it, it, Mongol influencing Poison Ivy because the kid that Poison Ivy thinks is her kid is actually Mongol's kid. And, and um, she's only able to cl- control the Black Mercy because of something like something with the green, and it's a plant. She can control plants, and so she's able to control the Black Mercy, but it's Mongol still has control yeah, over like, her. It's like, it's like Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting storyline, uh, and, uh, and it's a Francis Manipal book, and Francis Manipal is uh, the best artist. He's really good. And and he again writes colors, inks, like does everything on. But the he does issues, letter distribution. He, he does he does everything on the issues of this book that he that he does everything on. He either does everything or just writes. Uh, but but the quality of work he produces uh, in doing everything is just it's phenomenal. It's so good. He's um, talented. He's so talented. He's he's amazing. And and uh, yeah. So um, that is. Trinity, number five, uh, from DC Comics, uh, uh, written, drawn, colored by Francis Minipal. Uh, Benjamin, you uh, read Descender, number 18. Yes, uh, a lot of people, when you talk about image books and you think of sci-fi, what's the image book that comes to your mind? Oh my god, that's a terrible question to ask me. Savage Dragon. I was going to say Saga. That was the correct answer I was looking for. You failed the test. Either way, Saga is the thing that comes up. It's Brian K. Vaughn. It's Fiona Staples. It's been a celebration since the 12. I will say... Is there, is there no sci-fi in Savage Dragon? 
It's, it's all comic books are science fiction, anyways. Savage Dragon. Either way, uh, this is the uh, Jefferson Lemire and Dustin Wynn. Um, this is the my per. I love Saga. Spawn. But- Sorry. Okay. Spawn. <laughs> Super- Sp- Spawn. Supernatural. Um. Witchblade. I know. I know. All right. Sorry. Witchblade is also supernatural. Um, Invincible has a lot of sci-fi in it. That I'll give you. Uh, this is my favorite science fiction comic out there. Shoot. Um, sorry. I'm sorry. It basically, uh, this is part two of the Ordo Mechanic storyline. Last arc, we sort of got a lot of background in the characters, and this arc, we're sort of running away from these this robot empire who's on bent on revolt uh, to basically rid all humans. Um, a lot of revelations, certain characters. Uh, it turns out that. At the beginning of the series, um, there's these big gigantic, they're called harvesters that show up. It's in the first issue, so it's not a spoiler. Um, and they basically wipe out like a good chunk of, of, of the Galactic Council, like of the people who live in the Galactic Council. Whatever, it's weird. Science fiction people things. Um, so w- let me ask you something, Kuan. When something giant and big attacks you, what is your immediate response to do when if they ever come back? The Walking Dead build something equally as big. So basically the humans, uh, the UGC, are building their own harvesters, and they need the main character, Tim21, who is the android boy. They need his uh, his codex in order to finalize their own harvester. Um, but it's just a fun thrill ride. You have this fun... I, I know all the characters. I know who they are. And you love Francis Manipal. I know you love Francis Manipal. But Dustin... How, how did you know? But... Dustin Wynn, who used to do a lot of Batman stuff when he was at DC, like 2008, 2009, this is the work of his career. Um, it's so beautiful. It's so striking. And the storytelling is so... Um, it's 100. That's what the kids are saying, right? It's 100? Sure. Um, it's so it's so gorgeous. And again, like if you look at it, it's very, it's very painterly. Like it, it, think of what he used to do with Gotham Central but more loose um, and lots of vibrant colors. It's never the same color on every single panel. Um, you got like lots of more emphasis on the reds, uh, but you always know what you're looking at and great double plate splashes. It's so, so good. It's so, so good. Um, go read Descender. Start from the first trade. Images 999 first trade is a great program, and I wish Marvel and DC would just do that because what better way to guarantee that you know, you want to keep reading more. Uh, but it's a great science fiction comic. In fact, it's my favorite science fiction comic currently on the stands. Even better than Saga. And I love Saga. Astro City. Uh, <laughs> all right. And uh, the final book uh, is a book that I read. And that book is a book called Monsters Unleashed. Uh, number one. This is a Marvel comic book written by my homeboy, Cullen Bunn, who I sold a computer once, uh, and uh, written uh, art by Steve McNiven. I used to work at Best Buy. He came in. He lives in St. Louis. It was cool. Um, Kuhan, this is Collusion. Kuhan's going to give a review to a guy who sold his computer. Co- I didn't, collusion. Technically, I didn't sell him the computer. My it's, coworker did. And I was like, are you Cullen Bunn? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you, draw, you write comic books, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, you write Sinestro, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I work for the Intersight. You want to do an interview? He said, sure. Hit me up. And then never happened. Um, collusion. This is collusion. The only reason isn't because he knows Cullen Bunn. 
Continue. <laughs> yes, yes. Colin Bond, my close personal friend who I met twice. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this is... Uh, a monster apocalypse happens on Earth. Uh, this is the first panel, actually. The first, the first page shows, like, some, some pen, like, pencil drawing some stuff. And then monsters attack Manhattan. And the Avengers have to fight it. And they're like, oh, this monster's dropping all over the, all over the world. Uh, and, uh, and it's like, like where? And then it shows the, uh, X-Men in London fighting some monsters, uh, Black Panther and Shuri in Wakanda fighting some monsters, the Guardians of the Galaxy in Seattle fighting they're, some monsters? They're, they're grounded. That's, they're, they're on Earth because Bendis can't help himself. Oh, okay. I didn't, I honestly, cause I, cause I, I, I know their ship blew up in Civil War II and I just assumed they'd get a new ship, but nope. Nope. I guess they're just nope. on Earth. Nope. They can't just borrow a Quinjet, apparently. Nope. I guess not. Uh, I definitely watched the Avengers go into space. Literally. Tony no. Stark doesn't trust Starler with his ships. Was it even? The, no, it wasn't even the Avengers. No way. It, was the, it wasn't even the Avengers. It was the champions. The champions just went to space with Nova. Um, man, what a joke. <laughs> and then Venice, Italy. Where uh, the the um, the Vatican? No, what? No, what? No, the inhu the Inhumans oh. and also Human Torch, um, who I guess is dating Medusa, because uh, that's a thing. Fight some monsters, <laughs> um, and then New York Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur are like Devil Dinosaur, are like let's go fight the monsters, and Moon Girl's like no, uh, and then it cuts to Boston where somebody is reading some pages and then Springfield, Missouri, where we get a look at who tends who I guess is actually our villain. This kid named Kay K K Kawada, um, who I, I assume is a new character because uh, he's from Springfield, Missouri. Uh, oh, no, no, not a new character. He's actually from Oahu and his name is kid, created by Greg Pak and Frank Cho. Wow. Oh, and totally awesome Hulk thirteen. So it's a new it's from a year ago, uh, alias Kid Kaiju, and uh, so Kid Kaiju. Kick, that sounds like such a dumb name. I'm sorry. Really? I actually don't hate that one. I don't I hate, hate that name. Not a terrible just, name. It just sounds sounds dumb. Okay, well, it was, well, he was created in totally awesome Hulk. The uh, no, yeah, I, I get the, it. It's, the it's the just... Amadeus Cho book. So like, no, I'm I saying, could, I'm saying it's, least... it's, it's 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 it makes sense for for like an Amadeus, like Kid Kaiju seems like an Amadeus Cho villain, right? Like, am I crazy? No, you're, you're right. But that's why I didn't read that book. Um, anyway, and then, and then it cuts to the, yeah, the champion. So it's, it's just a bunch of different uh, superheroes fighting these monsters. And then it shows us Elsa Bloodstone, who I don't know who that is, but I looked her up before the show and apparently she's been around for at least 15 years. Uh, her that brother's, I believe you on. Her brother's name happens to be Cullen, uh, just coincidentally. And she is, like, trying to... She's like, I know about monsters, so I guess she knows about monsters, and I guess she's going to be important here because she, she's like, I should have been ready to beat the monsters, and I don't really know what, like, what's going on there. Um, but, uh, but Kay leaves... By the way, Kay Kawada was 11 in that... in. Um, Totally awesome Hulk, and looks at least like 13, 14, maybe 15 here. So I don't know if they're just they retconned or retconning the character or what. But at the end of the issue, Kay uh, leaves 
the leaves his house and all the monsters are like, I don't know what you're doing by summoning us, but you're playing a dangerous game. Uh, and then that's the end of the issue. So, I don't know. As somebody who didn't realize that Kei Kawade existed before, I was like, oh, I guess he's just, like, accidentally summoning these monsters by drawing them. Um, but turns out, I guess, he, maybe he knows he's summoning the monsters. Uh, or maybe they just retconned this to be the first appearance of Kid Kaiju. Not sure. But, uh, I don't know. It's vaguely interesting. I guess I'll keep reading. But, uh, I don't know. My, it, it, it's weird. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird How book. was the Steve McNiven art? Steve McNiven is good. It's a great, it looks good. Do you, do you not like McNiven? I love McNiven. I was just okay. wondering how it looked. Because McNiven, McNiven needs a specific anchor for it to look like McNiven. That's all. Um, I don't uh, Do you know? Is, it a partic- is there a particular anchor whose name you know? Uh, Dexter Vines used to be his anchor. Because the one time McNiven inked himself, it was horrible. Really? Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, the Nemesis book he did with Mark Millar. Nemesis? Like uh, Nemesis, whatever. Semantics. No, I know. Nemesis is the. I'm saying. No, never mind. Okay, was, whatever. Because okay, the kerning made it look like it was two Nemesis. Oh, that's right. That's, I remember that. Whole, that book came out, I think, at least six years ago now. I honestly, Maybe longer. I honestly Maybe. am just remembering because I fanboy made a. Because like, Ron Richards made like a thousand dumb jokes about it. Yeah. It's so stupid. So stupid. Um, um, but yeah, Jay, no, like, Jay Lyston is the inker on this. Okay, so not I don't even know if Dexter Vines inks anymore, but that used to be his inker. Um, maybe, no, yeah, I don't know. The, the art looks good. Um, yeah, I I liked the, I, the, I had no problem with the art in any, in, any, in any place. It wasn't like, it didn't like jump out to me like, oh my god, this is amazing, but it was not, it was not like, oh my god, this is terrible. I was like, alright, this is some good comic book art. Yeah, can I tell you something? I remember I got I knew when I got over Steve McNiven when he was uh, Uncanny Avengers was coming out and uh, Daniel Cunha, who's an amazing artist, uh, was the artist, was the main artist, and then they announced Daniel Steve Cunha is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve McNiven's doing a guest issue, and I was and I, I said to myself, I knew I was growing in taste when I said to myself, but I like Daniel Cunha. Yeah, no, I I had the same thing on on Hal Jordan the Grand Core, where it was like. Oh my god, and Ethan Van Skyver is going to be the regular artist. I hope he keeps up with it. I guess we'll read this Rapa Sandoval stuff. And then, and then Ethan's issue comes and it's like, but, but Rafa. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, I want the Rafa book. Um, am I going to feel that way someday about, about Francis Manipal? I don't think Probably. so. No, no, because I, when I eventually get hired to be the editor-in-chief at DC Comics, I'm just going to move, like, you're no longer a month, please. How dare you're gonna you? Go to, How dare you're gonna, you? You're gonna get him once a year. You. You're gonna get him once a year, and it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be like a hundred pages of beautiful art. In oh, the, the general, the general fill-in artist on Trinity is Clay Mann, who also is very good. But so, it's not Francis Manipal. Look, it's not Francis Manipal good. It's not Francis Manipal. But imagine Manipal good. getting Francis. It'd be like getting Chris. It's you're getting Christmas. It's a Christmas gift. Okay, but I get Christmas once or once every month or but every other month can you imagine month. if he had time because you know he doesn't have time to do imagine if he had time to work on the pages but it's already gorgeous but it could be look even better he does he does two in a row and then takes two off is what it looks like he did one and two and then missed three and four and he did five he's doing six he's gonna Sandman, miss seven graphic novels are the future for francis Manipal. no man I'm, I'm, i'd be okay with that but but no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. They I, get, I get, I get every every month. I get every every two. I get two months of Francis, two months off Francis, two months of Francis. It's the best. He's the best. One a, one of year, one book a year of consistent Francis Manipal, hundred pages. 
But there's nothing. It's, it's not. It's not like. It's not like having to do the books makes it any worse. It's still great. He was doing Flash pretty much monthly, and it was great every time. I would I would buy every issue of that book just uh, as long as Francis Manipal did the art. To me, Manipal has reached that echelon of he doesn't. You're, you're too good for monthlies now or biweeklies. You get off. You go do. You go. You go do the events. And you'll do the graphic novels. Go Look, make your money that way. If he does that, fine. All right, I'll pick it all up. But uh, but these are yeah. also great, and they're fantastic. And I want Francis Manipal all as much as much Manipal as I can, as often as I can. All right, fair enough. I think we're done for tonight, though. Yes, we are done for tonight. Uh, it's been it's been a night, it's been quite a night. Uh, that's gonna do it, I guess, for the edition of the Anchor and the Con Council Podcast. If you want to follow us online, you can go to, uh, I'm at Kuhan on Twitter. Ben is at Marvelous Iggy. Uh, you can find this show and its previous episodes at IamKuhan.com slash comics. You can find Ben's writings at uh, nerdcore.online or MarvelousIggy.wordpress.com to find his other stuffs. Uh, uh, Warriors 3 is, uh, is returning soon, right? This, the, this week, this is the first week back. Hopefully, if no editing if no recording fuck-ups happen, but we'll see. Uh, well, let's hope, let's hope so. That's at, that's at thewarriors3.wordpress.com? Yeah, thewarriors3.wordpress.com. Thewarriors3.wordpress.com. Uh, and, uh, I, yeah, well, I'm sorry, I just seen like, your last two are special movie, movie episodes, and I was like, do you not do a podcast? Um, but, uh, oh, because you took a million years to do Doctor Strange, I forgot about that. Yeah, man. well, we record. Yeah, whatever. It's out. <laughs> it's out. It's out. It's out. It's fine. Uh, Iamkuhan.com. You can find all my other stuff at, the, at just at the regular Iamkuhan.com. Uh, and that is going to do it for this edition of the Iamkuhan.com comic book podcast. We will see you guys next week. Stay marvelous. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. Defeat the man of steel I'm gonna rearrange your face If you continue to debate Whether Logan's claws could pierce Steve Rogers' shield I just couldn't care less If they bring back Craven